All right. Last week we got started on wings a little bit. I brought you through a little visualization uh, of being in a house with uh, on the side of one of the mountains in the Rocky Mountains, and uh, there's nine different windows looking at different places, different directions, not just east, west, north, south, but also up and down. And uh, everybody looks through a window and sees the mountain, but sees a completely different portion of the mountain sometimes so different from each other, it would be hard to believe that what one person is describing is the same mountain as what another person is describing, and yet both are, are, are correct and honest. And then we imagine if you, uh, out of your periphery, there's a couple other windows that you can see. You can't see straight out of them necessarily, but you can get a sense of those, uh, what what this person and that person can see. And we, we talked about those in terms of how you might have access to your wings in the Enneagram. So um, in my preparation for today, uh, I wrote down a few things uh, that I wanted to share. And then we're actually going to go through some of the types today with their wings. And we're going to imagine um, if you are that type, like when we go through a type one, if you're a one, I want you to imagine yourself. If you're not a one, I want, to, I want you to imagine who in your life that you love or care about, or maybe is your nemesis. Um, think about that person and, and their possible wings. So everybody, it's uh, don't don't check out just because we're not talking about you. Um, that's really a comment about myself, and I'm projecting it on you. Um, don't be like me, uh, as I've done in the past. Uh, but really, kind of think of the so you're always actively engaged, and then we're gonna kind of break it down a little bit. There will be opportunities for you uh, to uh, engage. Um, so really, once you get to know your, your type or your number, um, then maybe a next step is to explore or examine your wings. You could do other things. You could explore what does it mean to be in this triad. You could explore what does it mean, uh, the stress and the security, what I go through. In those. But a good, a good way to think about it is um, exploring the, the wings on either side of you. It, it might actually, if you think about it, what does a wing mean? Uh, it might be a secondary um, impulse uh, of, your, of your personality type. It may be, uh, it may not be a secondary impulse. It may be um, a locked away treasure that you don't have much easy access to now, but it's there and you possibly could go and develop that or cultivate it or, or find it, unlock it, and bring it out. Um, and, and really, sometimes they are what would seem like a polar opposite of your type. Um, you have the fours and the fives right next to each other. The, the fours, the, the deep feeling the, the, the romantic but also the brooding melancholy 
next to the calculating, thinking, uh, almost completely unbiased, detached distance. Um, if I found a use for a feeling, I might consider it. If it's a tool towards some beneficial thing, uh, I might think about having a feeling. Um, and they're right next to each other. So sometimes they're, they're opposites. As, a, as someone who leans toward a nine, I'm right next to the eight. Like, they're the least peace-generating number I can think of. And I'm the most peace-generating, but if you dig down uh, and find where the connection is on anger, there is actually some real neat connections between the eight and nine. So, just because your wing might be the opposite of your impulse, might not mean you should dismiss it. In fact, I would say if it seems extremely opposite to you, that is your indicator to explore that with some deep curiosity and self-examination. Um, that would be really, so what I've just invited you to is to uh, trust the possibility that that opposite feeling wing that seems so very counter to your very impulses, uh, trust the possibility that the Enneagram might know what it's talking about and you need to grow. Now, I also want to say this. That isn't always certain, okay? I just want you to consider the possibility and don't dismiss really a possible treasure that can really help you um, develop as a person and, and to widen the scope of what you're capable of doing interpersonally, self-work, your relationship with God, relationship with co-workers, relationship with family members, friendships, on and on and on. Um, Sometimes people are tempted uh, to stop at their number. Oh, I worked really hard. I found out my number. Oh, I'm relieved. I found my number. Work is done. And what I want to say is, number one, good job finding your number. Uh, well, well played. Um, keep going. Uh, your your number really is your entry point into the world. It's not your end point. It's not even who you are. And I hear people say, they use identity language with Enneagram. And when you start to use identity language with Enneagram, it's problematic, uh, especially if you think that way and believe that way, because you stop, it, it there's no inspiration to grow. I've arrived means you're not moving anymore. If you're 24 years old and you've got it all figured out, what does that sound like to somebody who's 50 years old? It sounds weird, right? Well, there's always there's only one person in the world who there's not anyone older than that person, and you're not that person. So um, it'll always sound weird to someone if you arrive and found, like, 
figured out. So, um, I really want to invite you to think about your Enneagram number as your starting point, not your identity. It, it's a start. If it's a starting point, then there's lots and lots of room to grow, and you could have access to all the numbers, which is what the Enneagram says we have, as opposed to, uh, I found my number, this is who I am, you're going to have to deal with me as I am. Some of you are old enough here to have watched Popeye, the cartoon. Um, he, he wasn't very good with uh, kind of expanding to rhymes. I am who I am. Uh, I got that guy back. <laughs> Eat spinach, get strong, beat up Brutus, Bluto and the old, older ones. Um, th there's this I am who I am uh, type of uh, idea that uh, isn't very helpful. And anyone, anyone is, is, is uh, subject to that kind of thinking but I want, I want to invite you to think is this, this all you've done is find, it, when you find your number is found your entry point that gives you access to everything else. That, okay, let's move on to the next. Let, let, me, let, me, let me share something with you that as I was pondering, um, you know, how do you go deeper into the Enneagram and and, and how does it, how, how could it be helpful? I started to list all the, all the different aspects that I could think of just off the top of my head. I didn't go researching this, just like off the top of my head. Um, what, what are all the kind of twists and turns and nuances? So, first of all, you, you know, you get to know your type. And then maybe you get to know your wings a little bit. But then you get to know your subtype. We talked about those a few weeks ago. Get your social, your one-on-one, -on -one, and your self-preservation subtypes for each of them. So there's, there's 27. Um, and, then, and then the wing type, so it multiplies even further. Um, and then you've got where you go in stress and security. And then you've got different health and development levels for each of those and your own number and your centers of intelligence the body the head the heart um, your your what are these harmony triads of um, pragmatists relationalists and idealists and okay I did look this one up your life force type I don't know who's exploring that in this class but it isn't me I don't know anything about life life force energy types but then there's your re emotional regulation type that I've heard a little bit about. So, okay, um, that can make you want to pack up and leave because that's a lot of stuff. But what I'm saying is you start at your number and if you want to imagine that as your entry point, th there's a thousand questions and there's no particular order that you have to, to address them in but it's exciting, it's interesting, it's curious. There's, um, if infinity is set inside the heart of humans, then we're never done figuring out who we are 
and certainly never done figuring out who someone else is in relation to us and us relation to them. So this is an unexpected journey um, where the point is to be on a journey. That's, that's the point. We're going somewhere. We want to learn more about ourselves. But you don't arrive at it. You, you get it only by earning it through this journey. So uh, I lean toward a nine. Um, but I shouldn't really take <coughs> some great satisfaction and joy in that. I shouldn't be sad and depressed about it either. It's like, okay, I, I landed on Earth and I, I'm, in, I'm in the nine slot. Okay, what is this place? So it's, it's nothing to take too, too great of interest in and nothing to be bummed about. I, I've heard people like, so distraught, I can't believe it, I'm a one. I hate myself. Everything's wrong. It just it I or or uh, I, I've heard some uh, some people who are sevens are like I've got the greatest number. Everybody should be this number. And I was like, well, okay, your number is great number. Um, if we were all sevens, we would all be dead. You know. <laughs> um, so. Uh, and so that, that also gets into kind of some theology of uh, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of smell be? If we were all hands, we couldn't walk anywhere. So um, there, there may be a temptation to be overly excited about your number. I love this, or overly down about it. It isn't you. It's your starting point. Um, it's a window you have are able to see through. Um, let's see. So we're going to pay some attention to the wings uh, today. And so we're, we're going to start with eight. The reason I start with eight is because that's where Suzanne starts. And her theory is um, if you don't start with eight, they're not going to listen and tell their number. I don't think that's true, but I don't know. I you 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 lean eight or you, but you probably would. Offensive, I'll pay attention. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I think that's. I think that's offensive. I I wouldn't want to hear that as an eight. Um. I I think my more dominant wing is an eight, and so I can see I can see that from where I'm at, and I wouldn't like to hear that. Um. Okay, uh, most people, it's theorized, have a dominant wing uh, where, of course, their, their, their number is where uh, their motivation center and their emotion center and so forth is going to likely be, but then they'll have a dominant wing, one or the other, uh, but some theorists say that's, there's a dominant wing of your youth, maybe the first half of your life. And then out develops this other wing on the other side that maybe you didn't expect uh, that emerges in the second half of life. For some people, that experience has rings very, very true. Others, not as much. Um, so I want you to think about this as if you really started to stretch and imagine who, who uh, you, what windows you're looking through and uh, what you have access to. Uh, look both both ways. Look both ways. All right. 
So, I, who's our eight? We've got a lone eight? That's it? All right. We're talking to you. Um, all right. Who knows an eight? All right. Okay. That should that should be about everybody. Who's married to an eight? Oh, yeah. yeah there we go. I have a coworker um, who's an Who's I'm I, I'm I treat him like he's an eight. Let me put it that way. He hasn't done the enneagram, but I, I uh, he's my closest coworker. He's younger than I am. He reports to me, and I lean nine and he leans eight. Who do you think he thinks should be in charge? It, it's in his mind. It's I can I can just see it. I can do this better. It's better, and um, and he's right a lot of times. There are things that's why I'm glad is differently as we, the more different we see things, the more important it is for me to access his expertise. Okay, so when I think of the eight, I've got um, I've got my coworker in mind, I have my mother in mind, and. I have uh, a very important mentor of mine in mind. So I've got three important people in my life who are eights who have made me better. So um, I want you to think of an eight in your life. Think of this important person. So imagine them. So what you're trying to do here when we're not talking about your number is uh, trying to learn more about the other people. Of course, we don't with any certainty type other people, but we do get hints and as-ifs. Okay. So the eights um, are what Ian Cron says are high-voltage people. They have a lot of energy. Um, they can be confrontational and can even uh, at times feel aggressive. Uh, people who experience an eight would report an eight being more aggressive than the eight might report themselves being. So that, that's important to consider. They have a sword and they can draw it at any time. Uh, they're, they're not afraid uh, to make a bold move. Um, they, will not be a, they will not be controlled by another person. But that does not mean that they do not want to be challenged. They have an interesting balance. If you try to control them, you will get resistance and you, you have a fight. But if you roll over, they will have zero respect for you. They're like, come on, get in the game at least, right? So there's this tension with eights of challenge me, but don't lord over me. Like let's let's get in this together, and so there, there's that tension there. Um, they're very boundary, and they're the champion of their cause. Uh, they're the defender. Um, if they care about you and you're under threat, you are so glad you've got an eight in your corner because they are gonna they will go to the mat for you. Um, you must earn their trust. It is not issued for free. And it is hard fought. When you have it, 
the, the loyalty there is, is unmatched. All right, so you've got your warrior eight, right? Or, or champion or whatever. Now, right next to that uh, eight is a seven on one side and a nine on the other. So let's jump into the seven wing. So as I'm talking about this, and you're thinking of the people in your life, um, when we come to the end of talking about eights, what I want you to do is be, be willing to offer some feedback. Oh, that sounds just like so-and-so. Oh, this is helpful. Or, hmm, that doesn't sound right at all. And that's okay. This is the Enneagram. It's not scientifically proven. So it could be wrong. There's my social scientist thing going on again. Okay, so wing seven. Eight, wing seven. Uh, this can be a wild combination. You've got the energy uh, and boldness of the eight infused with a carefree, outgoing, typically outgoing uh, seven. So this person is out there. If they show up, you know this person has shown up. They're not cowering in the corner. Uh, they are out there. Uh, and they have lots of energy, very outgoing. They're impulsive, they're ambitious, and if they do not keep a check on things, they will gravitate toward just being reckless with seemingly uh, little to no awareness that this could, you could fall off this cliff and die, okay? Um, if eights themselves are social, eights, with a seven wing are chronically social. The seven of the eight wing um, will put uh, the damper on the uh, skepticism of others. Eights will be skeptical of others until trust has been earned. The eight with the seven wing, that's really dampened down some. So uh, there, the, the seven's uh, influence on the eight is uh, just really ratchets that down uh, for the sake of the social aspect. Um, so therefore they tend to be more trusting. So eight with the seven wing dominant sounds like that. Flip the other way, an eight with a nine wing. Uh, very interesting combination. Uh, this eight will be more measured in their approach to life They'll be more softened uh, in their engagement with other people. They still have a sword, but it's concealed carry, where just the eight on themselves is open carry. The edge of that bluster of the straight up eight is dialed down a bit. Um, an eight on their own leads with power um, and is not going to uh, avoid using even things as extreme as intimidation and fear to get compliance. But an eight wing nine is, is gonna engage more collaboratively and uh, more in a more supportive way. So the nine helps the eight to negotiate uh, progress. There's still the force there, it's still very powerful, um, but the, the nine adds in ability to see some different points of view rather than just their own. Now, that, that might sound self-centered. 
Eights are often very right with their intuition about the direction to go. Um, where eights get into to trouble is there can be some wreckage along the way. An eight wing nine uh, is going to be attentive to. Okay, we don't. We probably can accomplish this without some of that wreckage. Okay, so we have one eight in the room and a whole bunch of people who know eights. What seems to ring true or, uh, oh, this person I think is a, a wing seven or no, they're a wing nine. They have no wings. Tell me about the people you care about or are married to. <laughs> Boundary has been set. <laughs> Uh, she has more, uh, well, it depends. She has more than nine business-wise. She's very diplomatic, but um, on that piece. Uh, but socially, if there's a party, uh, she is the center of the party, so she has the ability to be a seven quite easily, and uh, it's quite bad. Yeah. Uh, and she is definitely the life of the party. Uh, she brings the party wherever she goes. Okay. So, uh, socially, she has the ability to be the seven, but business-wise, she has the nine. Okay, what, I, I love what you just said. You, uh, you set these up contextually, not inherently. Uh, what this says is, um, uh, it, it says what would be in line with, with someone who is uh, really maturing in their number is, it's not just that I have a dominant wing or an other wing, it's I see both and I, it's not just how it is, it's I can lean this way or that way as context uh, invites or needs or wants and so forth. So that, that's a great description. And that, that sounds healthy. Um, there would be levels of health that uh, maybe not able to access, it just happens and it's spontaneous or it's kind of the dark side of some of those uh, wings. Now when you say that she brings the party with her, is that like in the form of a glass of whiskey? All the above. <laughs> I was, okay, off getting aside. I was really glad to hear you say that there was validation behind the theory that with your age, you you access different wings. And I was single all through my 20s. And Betty, I was a seven. I would tend towards seven. And that was the thing that I leveraged the most because I was single, I was in social environments, you know, I was go do whatever. Who wrote the national championship party where 785 people? I threw people. a party that hundreds of people came to. <laughs> um, so, um, it got a little lucky. When the news showed up, it was could you tell me the URL? Could you tell me the the website link to the news story just for our podcast listeners? That was all in the open. Oh, okay, okay, all right. That's once upon a time. But but all kidding aside, that was I talked to you about the sacrifice last week. That was when I was at that age. I was definitely channeling my seven, but I was observing what my ability to become an unhealthy eight would look like. Oh, yeah. And I was making decisions then. Not that I was just so gracious, all part of growing up, you know. But I was looking at situations thinking, man, if I don't check myself, I'm just going to be running over everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, and especially in a professional setting. Right. 
Um, she was on Hands Across America, We Are World. <laughs> I kept finding my way on national television. Um, but Hanging out for all women. Is there a correlation of making the 6 o'clock news? Like <laughs> <laughs> it sounds a lot worse. Um, but that makes sense, though, for any of us, any number, to know that we may really strongly identify with the number that we think we are, but that life does take us through stages where we're going to leverage it and look at it in different ways. Yeah. So, yeah, I was definitely leveraging my southern way more strongly in my youth and then not being able to grow up so now. And, um, but I do, when you were talking about the, the nine wing, that's definitely not management career that I have. That's great. And that was even, not even, I mean, that, uh, the, the contextual nature of it and having, I, I think of someone who has, um, when I'd watch American Idol, and one of the good compliments was, uh, you have great c vocal control. You can move your voice uh, effortlessly through these ranges. Um, and, and I look at myself and see I have vocal, like, it's almost like tonal Tourette's. Uh, it's so bad. And so, uh, uh, but being, it's, it's like having really good vocal control. Uh, yes, there's some natural uh, ability in that, but really it takes a lot of practice and effort to have that kind of control and to know when to, this is a situation where if I really lean into my nine wing, I'm probably going to get a lot more buy-in from people in, instead of uh, they'll do it so they don't get hurt. You know, uh, they're not afraid. They're not in fear of penalty. Uh, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm totally bought into this. And uh, but that's maybe not all that necessary when hosting a small gathering at your home of the hundreds of people who show up or whatever. Great, great. Hey, did anyone else have your eight come to mind and, and think through these wings a little bit? Yeah. I, just, I have a friend who's an eight, and uh, when you're talking about seven wing, it definitely fit him because like he enters the room, everyone knows it, um, and he's a super carefree, so it just fit. All right, made sense. Yep. You're better friends now, and he doesn't even know it. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. We've got time for one more um, one more type. So let's let's hit up the nines. Who are our nines? We got uh, one, two, three. What did a hand go up and then go down? No, okay. Hallucinating. <laughs> I'm hallucinating. All right. So uh, nines um pe peacemaking is is one of the the impulses of the nine uh but sometimes that comes uh through conflict avoidance some conflicts are best avoided however some conflicts are best engaged and the nine is more likely to avoid a good conflict than engage it uh nines have this uh, incredible ability to see multiple points of view and to hold them in tension at the same time but sometimes that comes at a cost of their boundaries uh, and they may rather than uh, 
understanding and empathizing, uh, which would be healthy, a nine is at risk for enmeshing and merging with others, which is which is not healthy. A nine uh, they may be looking in the mirror to see themselves um, but the mirror's foggy like after a, like after you take a shower and I, I'm looking right in the mirror and I can't see myself why is that? I can see everyone else I can see everything and I can't see me uh, nines uh, more than any other number are, are likely to have an experience such as that one Sometimes uh, a nine can see someone else's uh, perspective and articulate it better than that person could articulate it for themselves. And so other people, when engaging with a nine, can feel deeply known by that person who's a nine. Uh, and it may be even more deep than the nine actually knows them. Um, and so there can be a, a rapid um, experience of relational intimacy uh, that could feel greater than it actually is. Um, but because it feels like, wow, this person understands me so much, it feels like we're closer than we are. And the nine, in that moment, is that close to that person. But when they're not with that person, it, it, it's like it, that it evaporates some. And it's not that it wasn't genuine. That's the thing with the nine. It is genuine because they're right there. Um, but some of that evaporates. Um, boundaries with the nine are often ephemeral and ambiguous. They're, like with an eight, the thing with the eight, their boundaries are clear. You know what they are. With the nine, you, you could possibly know what they are in a moment because uh, you could detect it. But in that next moment, you won't, it won't be in the same spot. And so uh, there's a lot of fluidity and flexibility uh, with the nines uh, boundaries. Okay, so if you have a nine with an eight wing, which I think is probably my dominant wing, so this is some probably, I'm just talking about myself here, but um, this is a complex type. Um, as eights appear to pursue conflict, although I don't think they pursue conflict, it seems like they do. Uh, being vigilant with their own boundaries, nine actively avoid conflict at the expense of their boundaries. However, when the nine can access their eight wing, they become more energized, nines become more confident, they become more outgoing, and they become more inner directed rather than externally directed. And so when a healthy nine can access a healthy eight wing, things get good for the nine. They get really good for the nine. Um, the nine with the eight wing is better able to focus and get work done. They have a remarkable clear headedness, which surprises themselves. Um, and uh, they're able to know more clearly and have access to their emotions. They are more confrontational, mm -hmm. although compared to an eight, it hardly registers uh, as confrontation. But compared to just a straight up purist nine, it seems like a massively bold move. That's 
the nine with an eight wing. The nine with the one wing, um, the nine will have a much clearer sense of right and wrong. So the, although nines hold lots of different perspectives and tensions, sometimes uh, because they might be tempted to merge or whatever, uh, the, the moral clarity can be difficult. With the one wing, the moral clarity is, is much more accessible. They have a better sense of what's been left undone, and they have the clarity and energy to move toward getting it done. Um, they tend to leverage their peacemaking skills to matters of justice, social justice, and causes. And as leaders, they're principled, modest, with an elevated integrity and steadfastness. All right, so for our nines, did anything help you view where you might be? or the people that you know and love. I have that feeling where it's like going to an eight side where I have I make a, I make a decision where I do something and it, and it surprises me like you said like that that happens quite a bit and uh, it's I don't know, I don't know why that's odd to feel that but it, but it, it's always strange. Right. Yeah. You have a lot of tolerance for am ambiguity. Right. Um, where other people are like, how do you live this way? Like, I'm good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so th that's So with, uh, comfort with ambiguity doesn't. There really isn't any inspiration to have clarity on things. Um, so when you do have it and you do make decisive moves like, whoa, I, I can pick up that sword too. Wow, I didn't know I, I didn't know how to, you know, it's kind of fun. Um, but that, it, it, that sometimes, uh, when you're first starting to figure that out, it doesn't last long. Cultivating and developing that, uh, what, you, what you hope to do is be able to access it when you need it to know situations where this is when it should happen and not. All right, we're out of time. Thank you. We'll see if we can get through seven numbers next week. I don't have high hopes for that, but we'll see what we can do. Have a great week.